0: Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we've got Netflix 114th film. It's the 2018 period horror Apostle. It's directed by Gareth Evans. It stars Dan Stevens, Lucy Boynton, Mark Lewis-Jones, Bill Milner, Christine Froseth, Paul Higgins and Michael Sheen. I'm Jesse and I have MJ here with me. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good, 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 good to, um, I guess we're in October and we mentioned this last week, we've got a, a bit of a horror film to to tie us in towards uh, Halloween, the, the festive season of um, the ghouls and the gremlins and the whatever yeah. they are. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't really celebrate Halloween in Australia, but I've been thinking about this a lot. There's a, there's a house in my street that's um, fully decked out with Halloween stuff and I'm all for it. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's definitely a, not a holiday. It's That's probably the wrong word. It's an occasion that I could definitely get behind. And I think Australia is sort of in building towards Halloween a lot more. And I, I think uh, I'm keen to sort of get really heavy into the Halloween stuff because it is right up my alley.
0: Yeah. I like the this time of year where there's a lot of people that do like a October sort of thrill month where they watch a lot of, um, you know, horror films or scary yep. films, you know, a movie a day in the lead up to the 31st of October. So yeah, it's, uh, it's good for us to be able to do this one, I guess, around this time. And yeah. Yeah, no, well said. <laughs> I don't have much else to say on that. So uh, we, we start our show off with our fast flicks where we do a quick summary of uh, the film. So what's your fast flicks for Apostle?
1: All right, so it's set in the early 1900s. Um, a man must secretly infiltrate a secluded and kooky community to rescue his kidnapped sister completely unawares of what lies ahead of him on this island. Oh, I like the, the openness to,
0: to work out what's on this <laughs> island. Uh, I've, I've, I've taken what you've said, but I've just done it very bluntly. I've just said um, a man tries to find his sister who's been taken by a religious cult. That's it. That's what happens. Yeah, so um, that's uh, that's where we, we're heading towards with this episode. So I'm going to put it out there early that we're probably going to spoil this uh, this film mm. quite early on with what we speak about. So if you did want to check out Apostle and and have a little context going into what actually happened in this film, give us a pause, uh, because we're going to head into this part where we talk about how the film was made and, and what the film's about. So MJ, what, what can you fill us in?
1: Yeah, all right. So it was November 2, 2016, when it was first announced at Gareth Evans. Uh, working on a new project that he was planning to write and direct. And and at that time, Dan Stevens was already confirmed to be cast in the lead role. So uh, probably about six months later, the film was actually picked up by Netflix. Um, and, and Netflix basically funded this from the get-go. Um, so Garrett Evans and his producer and XYZ Films basically started working on this script. They put this idea together, they worked on storylines and beats and everything. And they took that entire package to Netflix and said, this is the film that we want to make. These are the mood boards. This is the vision. And basically Netflix jumped on board and, and got right behind it. And, and to be honest, I think they were pretty, uh, they were pretty unsure whether this film was, was, would have gotten made if it wasn't for Netflix. So, um, Again, coming in to save the day for a film that probably wasn't going to hit our cinemas at all uh, and all of a sudden it gets to international streaming um, platforms. So very grateful for that process. They're obviously very creatively supportive as we as we do see a lot from, from a lot of the films we talk about on this podcast. Um, and basically this was the first time Gareth Evans worked outside of his own company. Um, so he'd been working for his own company with basically him and wife, him and his wife being the boss of things. So um, it was his first time out of that environment. And he really enjoyed the the collaborative nature of Netflix without them really standing on his toes and, and making it work. So well done to Netflix for making this film uh, possible in the first place. So that all happened. And then it was April 2017. So not long after Netflix came on board, the, the film was, Basically, the filming started. It was largely shot uh, on a set that was built in Magram Park in uh, Neath Port Talbot in Wales, Uh, Gareth Evans being a Welsh director. Um, And that was it. So they they built this set. I think the set took about six weeks to build, which if you see the film, it makes perfect sense. It's a pretty elaborate set. And uh, from what I can gather, they built all those houses, all those huts and everything. and then the film premiered at Fantastic Fest, which is a film festival in Texas, uh, in September twenty eighteen, and then it began streaming on Netflix on the twelfth of October twenty eighteen. So uh, a month after it was premiered at that uh, the Fantastic Fest film festival. Um, so there's a, there's a few more bits and pieces that I'm sure you'll talk about, but that's kind of the the pretty succinct and and nice story of how it got to our screens.
0: Yeah, that was um that was really nice. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I guess uh the I narrative wise I've, i haven't got an awful lot for this one but i just there's a couple little stories about the 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 film that i thought was was cool to see and this is probably why i started off with that spoiler mention before because the ending is something we're probably going to talk about um at various stages throughout this but um the ending was meant to be a lot darker uh originally and the director had this sort of uh, idea um about thomas making this decision about life and not wanting it to continue like it does in the end so i thought that um obviously there's a little bit of context behind um the the storytelling elements of this and, and where it actually ends so we'll get to that towards the end but i thought that was a, a cool little thing to see. that i'm happy to talk about the ending and, and how it did change
1: um i'm intrigued i'm looking forward to picking your brand on that more because this is all news to me so that's that's yeah. going to be let's let's put a pin in that yeah I just, yeah i read there was an interview um
0: with Gareth Evans and there was, there was a few things in there which I, I thought were quite cool that he sort of spoke about. Um, The other one was this uh this conversation on Reddit that I saw that there's a Reddit thread on this film. This is this has really got nothing to do with the, the film. I just thought this was hilarious. So um, I just thought I'd, I'd talk about this conversation that I saw on Reddit about the film. And obviously if you haven't seen the film, you're not gonna get it, but if you have. So there's, there's this one person who's posted and said, this movie was disgusting. A girl came over to Netflix and chill and I had no idea it would have so much gore and monsters a human wine corker is not an aphrodisiac. <laughs> and I was like, oh ah, yeah, that's not bad. So the next person comments and goes, you watch this during a Netflix and chill, bold strategy. <laughs> and then another character gets online and says, um, I can't, ha ha, human wine corker. Why is that so accurate? She probably thought you were going to murder her. <laughs> and then the final, the final comment on this thread was, so you didn't get to corker? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that that was um, a great little comedic look at um, some of the key scenes in this film. So that was... Um, no, that it
1: it. Yeah, um, well, it's nice to look at them in a comedic way because when you're watching them, you certainly don't look at them in a comedic way.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. The the only... Um, I had a look at the translations for this title. It's a one-word title, so Apostle is pretty easy to translate. Um, in Japanese, yeah. though, they they did translate it to um, Apostle, Law, of revenge so they they put in this um which i think is an interesting oh, okay. take, a little bit of an interesting take on it um yeah i guess it, it was also yeah. nominated for a couple of awards i uh, had eight nominations had a win at the the wales version of the baftas um it, it actually won for mm-hmm. best makeup and hair which is a nice little nod um fair enough too yeah apart from that i haven't i haven't got much else about this one you, what else have you got
1: no, nah, look, that's that's about it. Also nominated for some awards at the the Fright Meter Awards and the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards and, and Catalonian International Film Festival. So it did a bit of it did a few rounds with film festivals, which is nice to see. Which we don't always see with Netflix films. You can really tell the films that Netflix think are cut above, and some that they just want to live on their streaming service so people can just watch and not think too critically about. But uh, this is obviously one that they got behind a little bit. Yeah, I had a percentage match uh, for this one. Which I didn't. You didn't. I had it at 59%, which is very, very low. Um, a lot of yours are low, Jesse. I know I talk about this a lot. Yeah. I, I feel like you must be scathing with your uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. And I they're must, like, what is I, this guy like? They can't work me out. So uh, hopefully
0: we'll get, <laughs> we might see some higher ones uh, coming up in the in the future. But we can lead into the, the consensus, I guess, not necessarily mine. But what are the critics in the audience saying for this one?
1: I have to say, if if I'm Netflix... I'm giving this movie a big tick. I obviously don't know. We we aren't disclose the information of how much they paid for it and how much they spent on it. Um, But it's a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, which is good, which is without being amazing, but it's a good score. But it's over 41,000 ratings on IMDb, which is is a great amount of people who have seen this film and, and wanted to rate it. Um, and then it's a 3.1 out of five on letterbox, which is, you know, more or less the same score as the IMDb, And that's, that's only 35,000 ratings on letterbox. So decent ratings. You'd say it's above bar. You'd say it's a good, good rating and, and good numbers too. So I, I think it's ticking a lot of boxes for Netflix.
0: Yeah. I agree. A lot of, a lot of high numbers and Google users had it at 73%. So, uh sort of around that ballpark. Rotten Tomatoes, The Critics, it had, an, it had 68 reviews. So again, on the higher end for some of these films that we have covered and Certified Fresh on 78% for The Critics. The nice. audience had it a lot lower though. The audience had it at 53%. Uh, and that was right. on nearly 1,300 um, audience reviews, which is quite a bit for Rotten Tomatoes. We often see very minimal yes. numbers um, on Rotten Tomatoes of the audience. So that gives us a little bit of context uh, heading into our discussion on this one where we'll kick off with our early thoughts and, and have a quick brief chat about what our thoughts are. So MJ, what are you,
1: what are you thinking? I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this movie. I, I still kind of don't know how much I actually liked it. Like th- there was a certain eeriness and intrigue to the story that had me pretty pumped, um, which is my, right, in my, right up down my alley. Like I'm, I'm all into that kind of horror stuff and even the supernatural horror stuff, but it really took off in its own direction in that final act and (laughs) the graphicness and that brutality it threw me a bit it i can be on board with that in the film i got no problem with it although i just think i was a little bit underwhelmed with how it came to a close from a story perspective i i think i expected a little bit more of a payoff from this kind of godly supernatural perspective that they'd set up um and I think that's where I'm underwhelmed. I don't care that there was a bit of torture porn to it. That's you know that's that's part of movie making these days, and it's it's niche for some, but I don't, I've got no issue with it. Um, but look, it's fair to say it certainly grabs your attention. Uh, and I thought the film was really well shot. I, I think I think um, Gareth Evans. This is the first Gareth Evans film I've seen. Um, I think he's done a really good job with it. I think it, you can tell it's a big passion project of his. So I'm kind of like yeah, I didn't mind it, but I don't know how much I did like it. So I'm looking forward to talking about it.
0: Yeah. I thought this one was right up, uh, like you mentioned, right up your your cup of tea. Like I, I was like, this is this is an MJ film. And um, yeah, I got to the end of this one. I was like, cool. Um, I'm going to have heaps to like dissect and pull apart in this. And and then I thought about it and I'm like, realistically, I don't think it really does. Like it's got some clear, strong ideas and like very easy to understand sort of ideas. But I think maybe I was mm. expecting it, there's a little bit more under there. Um but there, there, I don't think there is, but maybe you might enlighten me a bit, but I, I don't think that- No, no I, I,
1: I, I think you're right. Yeah, I yeah, don't think I don't, there's much under the
0: hood. Yeah, I don't think you have to look too much further into it, Um, but it was still, it was an enjoyable ride. Like I still, it was, it was yeah, it was still enjoyable. So- um, Definitely a
1: ride. That's a good, good way to put it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I was just expectations versus reality. Like you could go into a film and they set it off with the the location and the, the time period and things like that and brings up memories of like the witch and- um, mm. And Which like, is this, 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 this is going to have heaps to sort of pull apart. There's going to be so many visual examples that you can pull upon. And then, yeah, I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this very, very soon, I'm sure.
1: Well, I, I think you're thinking the same line as me because they set it up so perfectly for, for what I was hoping to be a really interesting payoff. And instead of the final act being not so much a reveal, but, but more that satisfying conclusion to all these little bits and pieces that you're slowly putting together about the story, instead of doing that, they just went for like full gore and, and full graphicness and uh, that that in which I don't care didn't bother me, but that left me unfulfilled. That's, that's kind of where I feel. I think you're kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: let's, uh, look, let's look at some characters from this one to see if we can identify um, what they were trying to say. So start us off.
1: Yeah. So Thomas Richardson is our main protagonist played by Dan Stevens. So as a character, he's... He's got this main streak to him, right? And he's been punished by his religion in the past and he's justifiably skeptical of faith in general. And obviously he's coming into this cult that has a different sort of faith to it. He's also got this air of mystery around him. And and whilst, again, I don't feel like I got too much of a payoff around that, it it helped to maintain my interest in in the main protagonist and and therefore in the story for the whole film. So despite his dominance on screen and his general likability from an audience perspective, there's nothing really else that stands out about him for me. I, I didn't know what else to talk about him apart from what I just said, even though I kind of liked him and he kind of kept me intrigued. Yeah, I,
0: I agree. And looking back on it, I was like, I'm going to try and pull this film apart through him as he's that main, um, this story is his journey. And the idea of this film all revolves around um, this. Uh, for, he's lost his faith, his faith. And now it's him trying to regain that faith. Um, and, and, they do it very explicitly at the start through um, the scene where he's being told about needing to find his sister. And there's, there's words on the, the wall. I think it's like the power of his resurrection lies in the touch of his suffering. So they set it up that this guy needs to be reborn or, or reconnect with some kind of um, faith or some kind of belief in, mm. and it doesn't necessarily have to be a religious belief, but that belief in in humanity and and um, that belief in freedom and, and what people are like. So I think that, um, yeah, I feel like I, I agree with you. I feel like that they, a it was a very slow sort of reveal of this this scene, which was really good where you find out about how he was preaching in across um, you know, the Asian continent, things like that. And I think that was really powerful in in showing why he's sort of lost this this ability to believe. Mm. But I feel like they they chucked that in the middle and it was a little bit too late when we've already seen so much of him. Um so yeah, that's I think yeah, I don't have much. I was sort of scrambling because yeah. you said you wanted to say.
1: Yeah, and, and again, that's not a bad thing, right? That they just um Put all their cards out and go. This is the character, right? There, there's obviously this backstory to him. All right, we're going to fill you in with the backstory, and there's just not that much more to him, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I just, I just, for a guy who dominates the screen, I expected to take more out of him, and I probably didn't, even though I kind of liked him. So, good. All right, who have you got next? I got Malcolm Howe, um played by Michael Sheen. So he was the the leader of the cult, I guess you could say. Um, and I, 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 he was somewhat ambiguous in his motivations, which I which I appreciated. Um he never really felt like he was the villain of the story, despite the fact that he was wearing these villain shoes, right? He was fitting the mold of what a villain in a movie was. Um and I enjoy that his dedication to his his god, whatever you want to call her, um, and even his thirst for his own power, it was kind of born out of sincerity and necessity, despite the fact that he was too consumed to see that it was kind of time to dump jump ship and he never really um, – he made wrong decisions. But I, I just don't think he failed for the wrong reasons. I don't think he was a bad dude. And I think there's a level of him completely losing his grip when that desperation to keep order was slipping away. But his intentions aren't to be like this all-conquering, all-powerful leader. And I think that makes him an interesting villainous character. Who Was was he good? Was he bad? You kind of kept guessing most of the time, which, which I think it worked. Yeah,
0: I – I haven't, I literally just have down here, he's like the switch character. He's, they set him up that they want you to think he's that villain the whole time, like you mentioned. And, and obviously you realize that his care for the community, he realistically just wants them to do well. So he may be lost a little bit in his way in doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I I've got mm. nothing like more to say really to that because yeah, to me, he was just that to try and get the audience on board saying, he's the bad guy. He's the one we've got to fear when mm.
1: you have this switch. And, and that was, that was him and they leave Um, it open right there's never anything that he does that you like he is a bad guy so that they do leave it open which works as well yeah who have you got next i got jeremy um played by bill milner so (laughs) this bloke just didn't fit in this community and considering you don't get much of an insight into the rest of the villagers. It kind of makes me wonder what they're all doing there. <laughs> so I, I'm a little confused how they, oh, sorry, how he got to this place. I think I might've missed it somewhere because it's obviously something to do with Frank because he saw this like, oh, my boy, you know, don't kill the boy or I, I don't think it's his son, but I think there's a link there <laughs> that I that I missed. Um, uh, yeah, I, had, I thought I get, it was his son. That's why I had it down. I thought it was his son, but maybe it's not. Okay. I don't think it was, but I feel like he recruited him or he got him or something like that. I'm not too sure, but there was a link with those two. Yeah. Um, but it, he seemed pretty keen to help Thomas without needing too much convincing, and he became a pretty handy ally, which works from a story perspective, and I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't tease that out, but it, it does leave me with a lot of questions about Jeremy and, and where it all kind of fits in, because if, if he is, you know, the son or uh, a close contact to one of the guys who's in charge of this island, didn't seem like he had any intention of wanting to be there or stay there, which then it doesn't really add up, but that's I'm a bit, I'm a bit confused with him
0: yeah i i had him and jeremy and was it fion fion, fion, yeah. fion yeah The his, uh his girlfriend i had them almost yeah. together because i i felt like on screen they needed someone in this community that wanted an out they needed someone that wanted to escape and to me that they, these two are those those characters that um, you couldn't just have a whole community of everyone just following the rules or, or mm. accepting of where it is and, and not wanting to escape this this community so um, I felt yeah I, th- I thought that they were important in that they were there to give Thomas someone to to bounce off and give someone to ally with so that he like you mentioned you know working together that that they're a good little team um, mm. and just sort of gave in little reasons and, and more explanations as to and this is more obviously the the child that they were going to have of things that aren't going to work on this mm. cursed land. Um, so yeah, so that, that was more how I saw them, I guess.
1: Yeah, true. Real, real car, sorry, real plot driven characters, aren't they? Mm. they? They make the story work. Yeah, uh, I had Andrea down as well, just as
0: another character that I thought it was interesting that, um, she came across as like this support person and, you know, she supports um fionn when she finds out that she's having a child she supports thomas when he's injured she looks out for jennifer when jennifer's um put out in the middle of the street and you know kids are harassing her and things like that so i thought it was nice to see that uh, i think it would have been very detrimental for the film if you have this whole cast of characters that belong to this cult or this 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 faction that and only the only thing you see from them are vengeful tactics or, or negative types of things so it was really nice to see a character that would go out of the way to do some positive things. Um, yeah.
1: Good call. Yeah. I look I she seemed a lot more street smart and worldly than everybody else. And again, was was a conversation with her and Thomas that kind of, I feel like she, she, she was back on the mainland at some point. And so she's, she's across how the world works a little bit more than ever. I don't know. There was something she felt again, like she didn't fit in, but I felt like it was because she knew how things are supposed to work and things are a little bit off in this place. So. Um, I'm not sure again, if I missed something or it was just assumed and we're supposed to think that she is, you know, she has spent yeah. a fair bit of time on the mainland. Mm.
0: Any other characters you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, I've got, I've got Quinn. Um, so who turns out to be the main villain. So there's a character. So this is his character comes pretty hard in the part of the story that makes the film obviously jump off the page, but it's also probably the reason why I lost a bit of interest in the film as well. And, not because of his sort of homicidal brutality or his psychopathic thirst to resolve everything wrong in his life with violence, but the fact that this story kind of lost its eeriness of this misunderstood religious cult to this kill first loony gaining power and prominence in the community. Um, you know, that's kind of been done before, The the soft and calculated touch of the long-term leader becomes overthrown by a man who's willing to kill to protect, um, and it never ends well for that man. So inevitably the film started to show its colours of how it was going to end really early because you knew that Quinn, when he took any sort of power, it wasn't going to end well for him. He was going to get overthrown and probably die a bad death. And and so that his character, which felt cliche, felt like it had been done before, to me also represented the point of the story where I kind of, you know, got, got a lot lost, but like lost interest a little bit, which, which is a bit of a shame. So I, I, I don't know. I wish they didn't go down that route, but I get it. Yeah, I. It reminded me of uh, Aladdin,
0: and when Jafar at the end gets control of the genie, it was like you've got this guy who's a villain the whole time, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's got these super villainous powers <laughs> that he wants to go out of his way to to cause as much havoc as possible, um, for no, like 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 that that screw that, that screw. Th- corkscrew thing that we were talking about before yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like obviously that's some sort of ritual that they do but i was like this we haven't seen that before and yeah. for him to, to be the one that brings it out i was like this is a little bit extreme um with no trial and i, <laughs> and I, I, and I couldn't imagine malcolm doing that like and obviously they've got the guys nah. on the last side so obviously the leader doesn't usually do it but it was just like you know he's taken on this this persona that's all of a sudden i'm going to do everything how i want to do it and do it myself
1: and this 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 part of the movie was important, right? Gareth Evans was was wanted to, wanted to make a movie with with this this part of it in it, and and it doesn't work without the character of Quinn. So I get that that's 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 his prerogative, right? So I'm I'm not disappointed at that. I just I would have I would have been more appealed with it with a different part of the story. But anyway, <laughs> that's for me to be annoyed at. Is that a good way a good segue into Gareth Evans?
0: Sure, yeah, I think, yeah, good I, think I think we might move into like so you mentioned before Welsh Welsh director. I, I I did a little bit of a read up on on his previous films. Very interesting little backstory that um hmm. you know he got obsessed with uh this sort of Indonesian type of martial arts and then um you know studied it so in depth and he's made I think three Indonesian films that are like action films. um I think they're called the Raid series and really popular Raid, and yeah. sort of got his got his name going, which I thought was a a cool little backstory and very different from what we see here. Although we do see a lot of gore in this, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool little story.
1: He seems like an interesting dude and he's <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I would like, He seems like the kind of guy you'd, you'd want to have a beer with and pick his brain a little bit. Cause he thinks it's outside the box, but he's got pretty strong, not strong. He's got pretty well-formed ideas about what, what interests him and, and what he wants to do. So yeah, I am I'm, I'm intrigued by Gareth Evans and yeah, the raid, um, not, not a film that I'd say our former co-host, Heder, who who we the three of us used to do this podcast together, watched The Raid recently. And he hit us up and he said, hey, it's been a while, but I watched The Raid. And I was like, never heard of it. And then all of a sudden, this comes up. So um, <laughs> it's obviously got some sort of following. And we know Heder's a big action fan. So, um, you know, he's, he's obviously doing the, some right things, Gareth Evans, and I'm intrigued to see what he does next. Good okay well this is where we
0: move on to look at some scenes uh, from the film and we start off with ones that stood out so what are some ones you liked for this MJ?
1: There's a real theme in the three scenes that, I, that I'm going to mention here and it's all to do with the, the horror elements and the, the intrigue that was built for me through these three scenes and, and one of them was immediately at the start with the, the red mark on the ticket for the boat um, for no other reason than I, I like the way that this was captured and way we kind of followed through with the swap of the ticket and then we kind of kept a really close eye on that character who ended up having that ticket it just was really intriguing because we had no other information and and obviously the main and thomas had no other information either but it it just made you really take uh take notice of what's actually happening because something's a bit off and I think that was a really nice way to set everything up. Yeah, they, and with the suitcase, um, the marking
0: on the suitcase, they it, it was just um it made you yeah, pay attention and sit up and be like, what's going on here? So I
1: agree. Yeah, they they set that mystery up really quickly, which was good. So, um, the scene not too long into the film as well when he when he sneaks back to his uh, room late. Uh, obviously, you see all the blood jars on the on the floor, but you also see this spirit thing, which ended up being that that godlike creature that we see in the film and when you saw her for the first time at the end of the hallway which he didn't see, that really excited me because i knew there was this supernatural component to this film which i wasn't too sure whether that was going to be the case when it was going into this religious cult Uh, and then obviously you see all the blood jars and then the blood seeps down the crack and there's something under there you know drinking the blood it was giving me all these little pieces to get really excited about um so again again just setting up that intrigue and that horror element to it that got me very excited. Um, and then the final scene, which is really on trend with this as well, but happened a bit later on is, is when Thomas goes into that, you know, I guess what, like a blood pit of water. Uh, and then the old lady pops up and sort of starts chasing him. And that was insane. I, I <laughs> that really got the blood pumping and it kind of changed, changed the tone a little bit where it was began becoming like a, he was he was becoming a bit of a recluse now trying to catch him and then no no we still got these supernatural elements to it and um that was really really well captured really good scene so uh, they're, they're the other things that stuck out for me
0: yeah i i also had that tunnel scene it was just um, it was freaky i was just much what, what, what else wasn't it what else was in was there like a chicken or something in that water too there was something else in the water that was living it was weird uh yeah, yeah, there was. was,
1: and then I, yeah. yeah, and then I wasn't sure if they were just corpses, and then all of a sudden yeah. she just pops out. <laughs> That's great. That was a good, good scene. Uh, the the opening, like, and you mentioned this earlier, like some of the
0: the way that this was filmed was really cool. Like that opening scene across the water with the camera going across. It reminded me of like the openings of Harry Potter films when they they head towards Hogwarts and stuff, and I thought that was really cool. Um, I the
1: need the to mention this opened. actually. I forgot to mention. This is so I recently upgraded my Netflix to the the top package where you can watch Ultra HD because I've got a 4K TV and I hadn't I hadn't actually done anything about it and I thought oh you know you can change your Netflix subscriptions every month so if I don't get any value out of it so this was the first Ultra HD movie that I watched and that scene with a train going over the water it, and that was like the first main scene where I could see it you know really strutted stuff looked incredible on on the uh, on the big screen with the Ultra HD so I did want to mention that. Yeah, very cool. Um I the, the,
0: there's the scene where and it was ov- very obvious that nothing was going to happen to Thomas, but I thought the tension was really good where they're trying to find this this assassin or this this intruder and um the um what's his name, Malcolm the Prophet sort of lines all the new people up in the church and says starts off with a verse of the, of the the religious text and tries to get them all to yep. to follow on. I just thought that was um really well done um just to create that tension of what's going to happen here. I was very
1: close to putting that scene in Jesse. Yeah. yeah. Good call.
0: And then uh, finally the, the only, the other thing that I'd wanted to touch on was that, that retelling of uh, Thomas in Peking when he was, um, you know, he was branded with that, that crucifix on his back. I just thought the the camera work there sort of did like a loop. It was really cool um, just leading into that fire and the, the burning cross and things like that. It just, uh, it looked really, really cool. So that's me I'm done with the things that I thought were looked really nice yeah what is yeah what are some things that you didn't like
1: i i'll say this first because that scene that you yeah. just spoke about i had it in the scenes that i didn't like and not because of the way that what well, everything that you've spoken about it i just felt like it didn't really rev- have the reveal that i think that i wanted about his character it didn't unlock enough about him because they did create this mystery to him and i was like oh, okay so he'd been burnt by religion before that was kind of the crux of the scene you're right It looked cool um, everything about it was pretty cool, but didn't give me the answers that I wanted for the character. So I will just say that now as yeah, to I why think I, I didn't respond yeah, as I, well I, to it.
0: I agree that uh, I think, yeah, the payoff wasn't good enough because you had seen those scars on his back before and you, you possibly thought it, it was something he'd woken up with when he arrived at this place. So that yeah. in, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, what's happening here? And uh, yeah, I agree. I think that the payoff wasn't uh, fantastic.
1: Yeah. So um, a couple of the other scenes I did have, I wanted, I did. I almost took this off my, my scenes I didn't like because I get why they put it there, but I just don't know if I needed to see that that dying lamb born. <laughs> I, we know. I get it because you're sort of setting up some of the, as I said, the torture porn that we're going to see. It, it just gives you a bit of a flavor of it. And also, it shows you that their crops are dying, their animals aren't producing. So, I I get the point of it. it was, I just don't know if I needed to see it. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I've left it in there. <laughs> it's pretty, it pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, there was a scene at the dance when they had the dance before he sort of snuck under the outs and went into the tunnel when him and Andrea had a bit of a bit of a romantic little connection where, there's a lot of dialogue and every now and then I'll pick out a line of dialogue that I just thought was awful. And this is one where out of the blue, she just goes, your eyes, they've seen things. <laughs> it's, it's just a bit much for me. <laughs> I liked Andrew as a character. and It just felt like almost she was like, do I have to say this? Like this this is not my character. It was just, yeah, it was, it was a bit off for me. So, um, and then I just, again, I kind of feel bad putting this in, but how much did we really need, you know, Jeremy's corkscrew seed <laughs> just because I just don't know how much it added to the story. And this is what I'm talking about with the stuff that he, the graphic stuff that was put in. Um, it was almost, it was there for the sake of being there as opposed to telling a story that I thought they were going to tell. Um, and obviously that shit was really hard to swallow, but it all culminated with it all getting a little bit silly with Quinn the crazy guy taking control. And I I had no reason to think that the people would follow him. There was nothing to suggest that they were crazy enough to be like, oh yeah, this guy's making some sense. And obviously Malcolm losing this political faith that he had and then Frank, who was the rational guy all along, just going nuts with everything. Like It it all just kind of got a bit silly for me. And that's not necessarily the graphicness of seeing a guy brain corkscrewed and killed in that fashion, but more that just it all sort of came together poorly in that little bit so yeah fair enough it's all kind of one one big scene and one big mess there but the only other thing i did want to mention was thomas's lack of awareness when trying to save his sister and he finally cuts her down and gets her out and he just doesn't think to you know let's just quickly get you out of here i'll, I'll survey my surroundings one more time just to make sure no one's coming up that that, that was annoying <laughs> he could have done a hell of a lot of a better job there so it bothered <laughs> me yeah, good. Yeah, at the end, like
0: this is a probably the lead into the, those scenes that sort of frustrated you at the end was when um Jeremy goes into the house to talk to Fion to say you know I'm ready to escape, and I think I think might have been last week's episode where or the week before where you're like you know they, these setups where the you know the characters is going to die and. This was just such like you knew something bad was going to happen to him. You don't. Know, you didn't go in and tell your pregnant partner. You know, let's escape. Let's get away. It's like you're not going to get to escape. It's not going to happen. Um, and that really annoyed <laughs> me. That really annoyed me. Uh, but other than that, that's yeah, that's all I've got uh, for for things that I didn't really like. But uh, what a way for her to go though. Yeah, I reckon uh, that was horrible. Um, time for us to lead into what's this film saying? What are
1: some ideas? What have you got for this, MJ? I think first and foremost, I think this film works cin- cinematically as this kind of folk horror. Uh, like, as I said before, the torture porn elements, this this part of what they're trying to do in a film works really well, really well portrayed. Um, thematically, it's not, it's, I'm not talking about it thematically, but I think it's worth mentioning that he's tried to make a film that's that sets a certain tone, creates a certain mood, and it's it's been ticked off perfectly. So that's, that's worth mentioning. Uh, thematically, I think there's a lot to talk about in terms of the idea of faith um, and even conformity as well. It's making sure that you aren't just following someone because they believe it's true and they've connected with it. You, you kind of need to make your own decisions based off you know, what you've understood. And I, I feel like everyone in this community would have reasons to be apprehensive about how successful this this life on this community or life on this island is going to be just based on the fact that one guy has had this connection with this uh, godly being. And I don't know, it, it, it felt like there was a little bit of a, mm, what are you doing there? And then I think, uh, Drew, what's his name? Jeremy uh mentions that... People have tried to leave the island before and been killed and like that kind of community faith stuff cult yeah you know, it's all kind of negatively portrayed in that
0: sense yeah that, that's exactly what you're talking about with that idea of faith and and they they set this off at the start where you've got that lamb on the boat and it's rejected oh, and yeah. you know you got the, you got these ideas um of of blood being this cleansing sort of idea and and you mentioned this, so who, who decides who's a prophet who should we follow um and you know, pain and suffering is felt through faith. And they led into this idea of, of of resurrection of this character of Thomas too. So, you know, this whole idea of his character being able to, to grow and, and and regain faith in something. Um, and obviously that was in in his sister and and in Andrea. Um freedom too was a big thing in this, and the idea that um, of escape mm. and whether you're you're tied up physically like Jennifer or whether you're metaphorically like the young couple that you, you can't escape this island, like this idea of, of being able to, mm. to escape cults. And obviously this happens in real life too. There are people that get stuck in, in these situations and, and it's desperation of, of needing to stay alive and, and, you know, can we keep these crops going? Can we keep this island going? And does this depend on the faith? Is it this big circle, this big cycle? And, and I stole, I ripped this off the, the um the interview with the director where he said you know the idea of this film was about cycles he said um cycles of violence and political perversion throughout history it's a fact that the human race can't escape these these cycles of of these Mm. things happening and i thought that was a an interesting insight into the mind of of the creator of the film and, and the idea too so yeah
1: well that's yeah that's obviously the crux of the story he's trying to tell
0: yeah all right well what did we take away from this one um,
1: look, to me, it is going to be a story that never got to where I thought it was going or hoped it was going to get to. Um, and the big shift of pace for that third act, some of the more brutal, torturous and even gory scenes will stay with me, for better or worse. Um, you know, there's those scenes in the, in the latest Saw films that just stick with you because they stick with you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not dissimilar to that. But I, I think there's definitely some people that I could recommend this film to. More the, the torture porn fans and the folk horror. I think the folk horror fans will be left wanting a little bit, but then maybe that's just me because I'm kind of into that stuff and I was left wanting a little bit. So I, I think there's enough here for an audience. And I, and I guess those ratings we spoke about at the start, uh, back that up.
0: Good. Yeah. I, very, very violent. This is, this is something that's definitely not for children. Um, so oh God, no. <laughs> this, this, I get this, this is sort of like, I had this in the questions anyway, so I might talk about it now, but who's the, the target audience for this? Like Netflix is so accessible to, anyone like there there are kids teenage kids who don't have the the child restrictions and can watch anything and, and that's possibly a little bit of a concern with netflix is that you know i can jump on and watch kill bill whoever i'm whenever i want and we don't have that type of regulation at times so this one sort of concerns me that some of this mm-hmm. this graphic violence could be accessed by you know people like oh horror film it's only ma like netflix have given it an ma rating it's a little bit a little bit of a concern for me so
1: yeah i don't know okay i look i i think there's there's definitely a clear audience but you you're right though there's a clear audience for this once i've watched the film prior to watching the film i didn't know any of this stuff Mm. um so i guess and ma i got no issue with it being ma ma 15 plus like again if you're 15 years old you can you can i saw i reckon i saw saw when i was you know, probably yeah, that age would it um you, you can swallow it again it's not going to be easy for you but if, if you're not into that kind of stuff like if you think you're just watching this creepy horror film and you cop all this you'd be like holy shit where'd that come from not not what I signed up for but um yeah there's definitely a clear audience for it a horror audience a sort of gory audience it's it's there
0: yeah it's, it's good point I think you've uh you've you've got that from me because i'm i think i'm turning into a grumpy old man because like you mentioned I, <laughs> I, was, I i think i was in like year nine when i went and saw saw in the cinemas too and that's yeah. probably along the same line so yeah i don't know i'm just i don't know who i'm trying to protect anyway so it doesn't matter um, <laughs> I'm DB did you jump on to check any cast in this one out
1: i did i i jumped on firstly for dan stevens um so he's the, the beast from Beauty and the Beast, which I'm sure you knew this going into it. And I And Obviously, you're a big Disney man. But um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's him. I could see it, even though he, he's like a beast in most of the movie. But you still you can still tell. Yeah. Um, and the second one I jumped on for, which I did know, but I just double-checked that Bill Milner uh, was the lead from iBoy, which we, which we covered on this podcast. Um, but I was pretty sure it was him anyway. He's grown up a little bit, though. Yeah, well
0: that leads into mine because when I read the cast out at the preview of our last episode, I was like, Bill Milner, I have read that name out before. Couldn- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> couldn- couldn't click where or who or what it was from. And then yeah. when I looked it up, I was like, oh, it's the kid from iBoy. But the other thing I looked up, and this is a really good Flix forum Netflix connection, Um, Fionn. Did you check out, do you remember her at
1: all? Fionn,
0: the young girl. Yeah. The young girl, yeah. So yeah. played by yeah. Christi- Christine Frosteth. She's um, Veronica from Sierra Burgess. She's the the blonde chick whose mum's really obese. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, it's a double whammy. There's there's two. Wow. Friends. Yeah, I didn't so, recognise her at all. Yeah, I was like, I've seen you in something. What are you from? What are you from? And then I was like, oh my god, you're the the cheerleader type person who tries to make Sierra cool. So anyway, that do you know um, another
1: good one with a Flix forum link? Yeah, Andrea is Polly from Pretty Little Thing that lives in the house. Ah. Oh. So wow. she's like the initial like spirit thing that, yeah. that got killed back in like the 800s. Yeah, that was Andrew.
0: Cool. Well, we've got, there's, there's three episodes of ours you could go back and check out. If you, <laughs> if you wanted to know what we're talking about. We, we covered iBoy. We've covered Sierra Burgess is a loser and, um, the, and the pretty thing that lives in the, the house. So check those yeah. three episodes out. Okay, question time. Have you got any questions you'd like to ask me?
1: Uh, two. So again, not uh, one that you can be answered but how did everyone get to this island or within this community in the first place do they have ads around They advertise like how'd they get there
0: um they did answer that didn't they There was like there was a shipwreck or something and the three the three main
1: guys was like i I know how they got there initially but how do they like get people coming like how do because people are coming on a boat and like doing like classes before they get there how how do they get them i guess
0: it's like a any how any cult works you have few leaders that have manipulative yeah. ways to to get
1: people to do what they want. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um the only other question I have who was the murderous sidekick with like a beehive head? I <laughs>
0: okay, so I've got I've got that here too. I said so his character's name was the grinder. Oh, we're talking about yeah. So his actual I name is the say, grinder. Yeah. so so his role was literally to grind pe- dead bodies up to feed to the goddess okay um yeah i I had the same question i was like what did he actually add as a character like (laughs) we we saw we we saw malcolm and everyone else giving the the goddess blood anyway so he probably didn't need an extra person
1: to to fight with uh thomas and that anyway well i guess he was around possibly before that whole community arrived and that was his it was his purpose in life was to make sure that the goddess got blood or something but he just kind of came in, he was kind of like in the background and all of a sudden he just became this massively important player who was the real thorn in their side. And I was yeah. like, we kinda haven't explored this bloke so much. And he's pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, good 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 point. I like that one. Um
0: did you did you were you scared at all? Were there any times where you you got scared?
1: The closest was in the in the pit, yeah, um, pit, in the blood pit where she popped out. That was a good scare though. Yeah. But I was yeah. never I wasn't expecting to be apprehensive. I I don't know. I I think I thought this was going to be more of a thriller anyway, but um, no, it didn't. It wasn't particularly scary. Good. Um, Can looking
0: at your vagina in a hand mirror, tell you if you're pregnant or not.
1: Um, Look, you're asking the wrong person, but (laughs) I got to assume there's some sort of truth or wives tale to that. I, I can imagine if you're
0: like, in the late stages of, of pregnancy, and you maybe in labour, and you're checking to see if the baby's crowning. But I, I don't think she was quite at that stage yet. So yeah, if anyone has maybe it knows looks different though. It.
1: Maybe maybe it does look a little bit different. I don't know. Maybe she had to look at it beforehand, so she knew what she was looking for. But uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. That's a good question that I am not equipped to answer. Good. Uh, so this
0: this might tie in and, and give us an answer as to that um, corkscrew scene. So All right. at the start, there's the ransom letter that they get, and there's that flower in the ransom letter. When he's reading it on the train then they put that same flower in jeremy's brain when after they've corkscrewed him so yep. what does what what does that flower symbolize <laughs> it's good there's got to be some reason to it for yeah it, yeah yeah. To yeah. but I, I don't know i that's why i'm asking you you might not know either but
1: it's it's a really interesting point that i hadn't considered i think i put the pieces together in my head and then left it there but yeah. Um, look, it's got to be, cause it's obviously there's something to do with the fact that when, uh, the goddess is healthy and firing that all the crops and crops are growing, Yep, uh, all the leaves are green. So maybe it's a, an example of, this is our sacrifice that we're making to get the crops better. So we can give you, blood. Yep. I don't know, maybe it's, it's something to do with the sacrifice.
0: I'll take that. Good. Um, Thomas, did he actually take ransom money with him to the Island? And if so, what happened to it?
1: Um yeah cuz the guy said to him at the start like make sure you don't, don't pay, pay the them. full ransom. Yeah. I think he said the full ransom. I think there was a level of negotiation there. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Obviously not cuz I never found it and he yeah. wouldn't have just had it on him the whole time and they happened to find the map of the
0: the the, the outlay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um last one. So that goddess we every time mm. that we physically see her in that den she's tied up quite heavily by the roots of the tree so how did she get out into the hallway and how did she is it just a a vision how'd she get into that the water underneath you know that little stream of dirty
1: water yeah is it like a spiritual thing yeah she projects her spirit there as opposed to her physical being because she also every time you saw her on the seat she wasn't in in great health to be walking around and and doing all this kind of stuff so I, i think it was some sort of spiritual projection Good. I like that. Okay. I think it's time to wrap this one up. So
0: this is yeah. uh, at the end, end of the show, we, we give the film a rating out of five stars for a flicks from average. So MJ, what have, what have you seen?
1: Yeah, as I've said, this movie certainly does jump out of the page. And and whilst the third act was probably the most memorable, it probably, when it wandered into the more torture porn stakes, it probably left me a little bit unfulfilled from the eeriness of the supernatural cult village feel that had been building. Um, nonetheless, it did have enough to keep me intrigued and eventually my attention for the majority of it's probably slightly overplayed runtime. Um, but I, I was pretty interested from, from start to finish. So it's, it's two and a half stars for me. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean,
0: if they, they're laying this out as a horror, like it didn't scare me and it was very unsettling for me though. So I'll give it that. And these cult like situations, they always creep me out a bit. So, so I appreciate that. And I think the effort that was put into the costumes, the sets, the cinematography, I thought it was really, really good. And I did like this journey of of Thomas and we probably didn't even, you know, talk about it too much with that, that final scene where, you know, he's sucked back into the ground and he continues on as this sort of protector of the Island, I guess. Um, Yeah. But so I'm giving it a three and a half out of five. Oof. um because yeah i, I did uh, i did enjoy that that story of thomas i think is that that redemption or that um well yeah re- he's, he's reborn he's he's got a different purpose in
1: life now he's, he's he's uh found himself can you talk to me about the alternative ending that you uh alluded to earlier yeah. So based on what I was
0: reading, so that final scene we've got, uh, just that was a gives us a flicks from average of three out of five as um, our show's average. But the the final scene, from what I can gather, was that um, so at the end, Thomas. um, and I'm glad I, I should say I'm glad because I was a bit worried that Malcolm wasn't going to get any closure. So I'm glad that they had Malcolm walk out onto mm-hmm. that cliff where, where Thomas has said goodbye to his sister, to Andrea, and and they've, they've gone off to freedom. And, you know, we see the the cliffs falling apart and turning into fire mm-hmm. and, and he's sort of, um, he's bleeding. So this blood's going back into the ground and allowing the shoots the to reborn yep. and the islands coming back alive. And he's sort of sinking into the ground and, and taking over this role of the goddess because he's obviously burnt her. So this is that idea of that, that theme that they had or that, um, that Gareth Evans spoke about this cycle, this this cycle. So it's almost Mm. like this cycle is starting again on this Island. So from what I can gather from what he was saying was that the ending was going to be a lot darker where, um, where Thomas makes this decision just before he's sucked into the ground, not wanting this cycle to continue, not wanting life to continue. And therefore I'm not sure how it was going to happen, whether he was going to take his own life or whatever it was, but I think there was going to be some sort of decision that he made that this cycle didn't continue so that island was annihilated yeah okay yeah i think i would have preferred that yeah so i I think that it's it was hard it was hard taking that context just from this little snippet of an interview but that's the impression that i got from it which i thought was quite interesting
1: it's interesting as i said he's got an interesting mind dan stevens i'm uh, not dan stevens gareth evans i'm intrigued yeah good okay well um we're on social media we've got twitter we've got facebook
0: instagram uh, pop a question up for the week and the question i had was uh, what false profits do you have in your life are there any false oh. profits to you? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very personal question so i don't
1: feel like you need to answer <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: also,
1: also do a lot of people not know that they're false profits right now and maybe ask them in 10 years time <laughs> Possibly like, you know, LeBron James. He's, he's a false, he's definitely
0: a false prophet. Fuck <laughs> oh, oh, off. <laughs> I don't know, I was just thinking of like, you know, just idolizing, you know, celebrities and sports people. And I know, like just
1: thinking think about what we've just watched and the false prophets <laughs> within that and you're comparing it to an athlete who has been pretty damn commendable his whole career.
0: Uh, I think that's my first uh, LeBron comment on this podcast. So I don't know. LeBron,
1: if you're listening, we certainly don't think of you like that. Um, Please continue to do what you're doing because you are entertaining the whole world and I love you. Okay, no comment from me. Let's move on to next (laughs) week. We we are back and
0: rolling with um, another film and this um, sort of segues in from uh, our director this week who who has an influence on the Indonesian um, market because we have our first Indonesian film next week. Right. Some, yeah the the 2018 indonesian action thriller it's called the night comes for us it's directed by tomo jajanto and it stars joe taslin iko Uwais, julie estelle sunny pang and zach lee so cool yeah a foreign action thriller which will be exciting yeah no that sounds good well um thank you for that chat that was a yeah i think a an interesting sort of film that yeah it's it's
1: hard to like i mentioned the start hard to take out exactly what to take out of that i don't know how i would have felt if i didn't get a chance to talk about this film i don't think this is a film that you just pop on midweek watch and then just forget about i i I think a debrief of some sorts is required so i appreciate us doing that (laughs) yeah that reminds me of like when i watched midsummer i was like i need
0: to talk to someone about this because because i can't just sit here and take that in so i think a similar sort of um yeah how i felt yeah. like watching that
1: film yeah good. it did have a bit ah. of similar about it i was thinking that throughout didn't quite <laughs> go in the same direction but a lot lot of similarities
0: definitely yeah that yeah a little community but that's been a good chat and um i'm looking forward to seeing you next
1: week looking forward to it mate i'll see you then